0: Welcome back to Small State Bake Takes. This is Fantasy Baseball Special Episode Numero Uno of Question Mark. We don't know how many of these we'll do, but we're going to do one right before the season starts. We have a very special guest on today, Fantasy Baseball Expert specifically prospect expert Eric Cross from Fantrax. We have that interview for you in a little bit. Before we get to that, we have some big takes. We have some of our own draft recap from our draft last weekend. So, fantasy baseball, big take. Steve Scott, what do you got?
1: All right, I'm saying this on the fly because I had to make this up real quick because Oliver just told me to do this. So, my big take is that Eugenio Suarez is the most underrated, underappreciated guy in the, in uh, all these drafts right now. He's falling in a lot of drafts, and he doesn't deserve to. There
0: you go. Alright, all right, cool. Cool, 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 cool.
2: Well, there you go. Alright, Gilly, you got me
0: a baseball, thanks baseball, big take for me?
2: I do. Uh, Mine doubles as a Red Sox big take, and uh a- the baseball one, I think our Lord and Savior, uh, JB Jesus Jackie Bradley Jr., has a great year. A little bit of a, uh, a little bit of boost in power. He's shown some flashes this spring that maybe his swing is a little, little different, and he's got that launch angle figured out. Um, I think he finishes as like a consensus like top twenty, top twenty-five, like outfielder for uh, for fantasy purposes. Okay.
0: I like it. It's pretty for... bold,
2: pretty bold for considering his uh, previous numbers. but What are you thinking for average for JBJ this year? <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, in that scenario, that realm, I would say like 275, right. 280-ish. It has the power numbers for sure. I, I agree. Yeah. Usually he does.
1: I think that's a good one.
0: I like that take too. My take also kind of doubles as a Red Sox big take. Whoa! It's actually a, a, yeah, okay, Rafael Devers. Go on. Will be a top (laughs) in our fantasy baseball league, which values specifically home runs mostly, and you know extra base hits, RBIs. He will finish top five for third baseman. Ooh. Which is a relatively deep position.
3: It is. Yeah.
2: Okay. Wow, that's a very large take.
1: Uh, I, higher than Suarez or lower? <laughs> uh
0: that's I tough think company. I think a little bit higher. Oh, my god, <laughs> Suarez is dropping like a. Well, Suarez was like a nine or nine, eighth, eighth or ninth last year, right? He was Who else like... are you going to drop in the top five? If you don't
2: drop him, right? It's tough. That's a bold take.
0: Yeah, big take. That's what we're
1: freaking Chris Bryant.
0: Uh, Whoa, Chris Bryant yeah, being a top five third baseman would be a pretty big take, considering the eh, year I had. Not really. Oh, it's, not, a big, not really. it's a it's a decently big take.
1: you a big take, dude. Matt, Chris Bryant is like a freaking. He's he's only a couple years removed from an MVP season. He's not he's not dead in the water at 26. Come on.
2: Nice try. Who else we got?
0: Yeah, you know, Bregman. Oh, uh, you got. Is, so last year. Well, the that's top, the question,
2: though. Well, like, Bregman as in, like, a third base eligible or third base, like, first? That's where yeah, it gets tricky.
0: that is where it gets tricky. <laughs> if we're going third base first, top five last year were Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Miguel Andujar, Anthony Rendon, Eugenio Suarez. That was the top five of third base only. If you can count other people, it goes Jose Ramirez, Alex Bregman, Nolan Arenado, Javi Baez, Matt Carpenter. What well, Manny Machado? Uh, he doesn't have third base this year yet. Okay.
2: Yeah, but he's so he's not on the list. Right. Of last year's either. Right. As a result. Right. Right. And wow.
0: Yeah, so there's my there's my big take. All right, Josh, late on me.
3: All right, the NL and AL rookies of the year that I said last <laughs> week, Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will both hit. 25 plus home runs and have 80 plus RBIs. Both of them. Whoa.
0: That's a pretty big size take.
3: It is. Especially the 80 RBIs because they may not even have time to do that. The Ribbies so, are the we'll wild see. part. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think he will come up first. Definitely. He might even start the he season. He
0: should start the season with them. So, I mean,
3: it'll I be know. easier for him than Vlad, but Alonso is. Mm, He's tasty. Mm-hmm. Josh is getting
0: mm. fucking wet over there. Mm.
3: Mm. All right, so let's do
0: let's do like a little draft recap, fantasy break, uh, like roster breakdown. Um, as far as the draft is concerned, I think we kind of got the Steve's answer to this. Who do you think, uh, like, who is the best value pick? Do you think off the top of your head? And, like, either on your team, do you think who's your, who's your best value pick? And do you remember any other picks that stood out to you, like, oh, that was a good pick, getting him that late? That's
1: a good question. I have one. Fucking Evan got Matt Chapman, I think, in the –
3: Seventh to... or eighth?
1: Eighth round, he was uh, 88th overall pick. That was – I think that was a really good pick. Okay. Because he's the MVP. But he's a really good player, too. I, I really wanted him. I was thinking about taking him that round
0: earlier. Suarez, Sor- round 12. That is that is up there. That's the one. Yeah, Suarez, round 12, stands out to me. And even though Mar- Starling Marte doesn't hit a lot of home runs, he's p- pretty consistent top 15 outfielder in our league, 15, 20 outfielder. And he dropped a shit ton, too.
1: No one wants to touch him because he's freaking
0: – Yeah, sterile, it's man. weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think on my team specifically, two guys I got that I didn't think of, I did not think I was going um, to get Xander at 54 in the sixth round. I I thought that was a good one for my team. The two picks on my team that I really liked were Xander at 54, and I got Kenley Jansen really late too. I got him at 96. I thought those were my two best picks personally and then like I said I like Suarez and I like Marte a lot for value picks
2: getting Jansen after Yates was confusing very confusing (laughs) that was perplexing but then again
0: Evan picked Robbie Ray like 45th overall two years ago and that panned out just fine
2: true but relievers are funny I don't know especially
0: a guy like that I went
3: 110 and 111 with my relievers and I I love them so yeah I I got yeah I got Chapman and Robertson, so... I think, I think-
2: Mondesi. Mondesi was another one round 11. I
3: think that could be interesting, where that's sneaky good value. I was really surprised he dropped that much. I wanted to pick him, too, around there, but he just fell... He's
2: like difficult. a poor man's Trey turner.
3: Yeah, absolutely. like, contributing
2: all around. And then that's you, Darvish,
3: true. wherever he went, I was a little jealous.
0: Sosa got him pretty late.
3: I, so, I think... Pitchers wise, I think that was my quality pick. I had David Price at 84. So imagine if he broke like one more round and he was in the 90s. That'd be crazy.
0: Corey Seeger, I know some of us are pretty anti Corey Seeger, but him at 56 in the sixth rounds, especially, yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty fucking good one too. What? Yeah.
2: yeah. Was I thought that was early. I thought he really? could have fallen to the seventh, if not the eighth.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I was
2: more, I was, yeah. He won two picks after Xander.
0: Yeah, I thought both of those were good picks. Not the I like Xander, ahead. but I
2: think Xander's a ahead of Seager at this point. I don't know. Really? I wouldn't touch with Seager
1: anywhere close to that. Um, Travis Shaw also a good pick by Connor in the.
0: That was a, that was in the nineties, I think. Let's see. Yeah, it was right before I picked Kenley. It was ninety-five,
2: round ten, and when you could have picked Moose. Yeah. At that time.
0: Uh Wilson Contreras at 142.
1: Yeah. Some of I, I would think would be this, I mean, in my opinion, is top three catcher, top four catcher. Eh, not top, Maybe top five, I must say.
3: You know what made me so happy today? So I'm coaching middle school baseball. One of my kids was wearing a Jake Lamb t-shirt, a jersey, a jersey, And the fact that I got him off waiver claims was, like, awesome. That he's that well known now. I think he's going to have a huge year.
0: Jake Lamb? He's, he's a classic
2: first half guy. Yeah. He's...
3: He'll like go he's off still... in the first
2: half and he be like, he's legit. And then he'll trail off. Because he like, no. wasn't
3: drafted, though. Like, when I was like trying to look for that waiver wire claim for third base for Vlad, I was like, wow. Like, Jake Lamb, he could have been drafted very third easily. His base
2: is stacked, though.
1: That's the only issue. True. Jake <laughs> Lamb was drafted very high. I don't know if it was last year or the year before by Sosa.
2: Yeah. Like, Might look at it. Wow. Yeah. Actually, so in terms of third baseman, this is interesting. 15 were taken. Eugenio Suarez was the 14th taken.
0: And he was he was top five last year as far That's as. Pure That's so wild. Yeah. I truly
2: thought. He should not have been drafted
0: after Devers.
3: Well, oh, so it's almost Wow. What is that? Now, somebody, I think, could be of a. Ve- you fucking turn that off, dude. Oh, my lord.
0: Somebody I think could end up being a value pick, and we probably say this almost every year, depending where he's drafted. And Steve's gonna hate this, but Byron Buxton at 160 couldn't end up being one of the best picks in the draft. Yeah.
2: No, that's that is a good point. And it, as soon as he breaks out, that's like that—he's the hot potato. That's like... a,
0: but in the 17th round, at that point, Shane's just like, "Fuck it, why not? I'll take him here," and yeah. it's not a bad idea at that point, I think.
2: True.
1: There I just you know, marketer called me.
0: What, so, to be a little opposite of that, who do you think were, like, the biggest reaches of the draft that come to mind?
1: See, uh I think Daniel Murphy was drafted too high in the fifth. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely. I don't know why he touched him that early. He, I thought he was going to fall to, like, the seventh or the eighth with Seager. That's what I predict. I kind of expected that, but.
1: I think I might have reached for George Springer, but not too much.
0: I wanted George Springer. Sanchez.
2: Uh, Sanchez, Puig. I don't think that Sanchez oh, should have been taken before Muto. What? I love Puig this year. Yeah, but in the uh, seventh round. What was that? What's good pick that was? Yeah, but what pick was that for Connor? I was like, pick. Yeah, but for Connor, that's like his twelfth rounder.
1: Yeah, true. He was late. He had so many oh, points.
2: But coming from Connor, who Castellanos still on the board.
0: I don't know I like Puig more than Castellanos. A guy, a guy we talked about earlier, Kirby Yates, probably a reach. Considering he got Roberto Ozuna, like with his last pick in the draft, who is probably better than Kirby Yates. Uh,
1: my opinion: Cody Bellinger, reach in the fifth.
0: I don't think that's a reach, especially in a home run friendly league. His potential's there, but he could, he could really be. A bust. He could flare out, that's for sure. I, yeah, sure. that's fair. That's I was, was, be driving,
2: Rendon fell in so many leagues, and not on ours. So he was one that I, I kind of was eyeing to see as a utility guy if he fell to like the <clears throat> like six. Yeah.
3: I like uh, I like Zach Wheeler, but a lot of people don't. What, what do you think that was a reach?
0: When did, no. the, when did should Gilly? Be... Gilly? Of course not.
2: Round 8? I mean, how yeah. much... I don't think I could have waited any longer.
0: That's probably about where he should go, I think. Let's see. Maybe, like, I mean, maybe like around early, but even then, if you're taking a guy around early, that's not a reach.
3: He was no. the
2: 46th starting pitcher off the board.
3: No, that that's wild. I right. that can't be right. Let me see. I mean, I drafted Corbin... 47 too, which I don't know. I don't. I don't even know how I feel about that. You can't think... forty-six. I'm sorry. It's
1: Corbin, your meet, your first pitcher, Josh.
3: Yeah, man. Which is kind of scary. I, I. I don't believe in him that much, but he was the best there.
0: I think uh, Mad Bom at sixty-nine might have been a reach.
3: I agree. By a couple I... rounds,
2: twenty-fifth off the board. I'm sorry, my control find thing did not work clearly. I think
1: the Brian Dozier pick by Gilly was a good pick.
2: Looking at this, round sixteen, that's fucking nuts. Thanks. That's a placeholder too until Moose gets second base eligible. That's wacky. <laughs> Weird. I think I think I drafted Bowers too early. I don't think I needed to take him where I did in round twelve. I feel like no one else that
0: is pretty early actually. cared. Yeah, I, I was big on
2: him, but it's like that's a guy that I feel like even Glass now. I don't know. I feel like other people are not as high on that. I, I like I nervous about. I think he's end up being pretty good with the Indians.
1: Yo, too. I didn't
0: even know he got traded to the Indians.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: I don't Three. remember that at all. What was that for? Who? Uh, Jake Bowers. Uh, I forgot for who though. Edwin. No. Yeah. Edwin's on the Mariners.
1: Did he get traded twice?
0: No, he was supposed. There was like that was the rumor, supposed but supposed to it, be like a three-way trade. Yeah, yeah, but it never went through to the third team.
1: It was a three-way trade. Uh, Rays got y- Yandy Diaz, Mariners got Edwin, and the Indians got oh, Carlos Santana. Because Carlos Santana was was a uh,
2: Mariner for a minute.
0: Oh yeah, like ten minutes. Oh. Uh, okay.
2: Keuchel, Keiko is probably a, a bad pick slash a reach for me, but
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like that one. Yeah, I I would just figured I don't know. It's my bet. I can uh, wait a couple more days. He used to be the a- most
0: anti Keuchel guy too.
2: No, he's like in every other. I mean, around fifteen, dude. Okay, I just wasn't in support of him going as like a top five pitcher, or his top ten even. People were high on Keiko. He's an every other year guy. He's Shin Ming Wong. I'm looking at other people here.
1: Josh Uh, Donaldson.
0: Josh Donaldson in the seventh.
1: Why do you hit... Okay, yeah. That's early, but why why do you not believe in Josh Donaldson anymore? I I got him in your league pretty late, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty happy with the value of that.
0: It, I think it's really just a matter of health with him. Yeah, he said two unhealthy years, but prior to that... I know, he was an MVP. I know, it's crazy. Yeah,
2: I feel like they're going to do weird things, though, and he hasn't... But he, in terms and, of like, the Braves giving him a ton of rest.
0: And he can't DH over there.
2: No, that hurts a lot. Speaking of DHs, same round. I, I, maybe you guys disagree. Nelson Cruz...
0: Not in At, this league, uh, yeah. I thought that was a little early as well. Was it
2: pick seventy? No. <coughs> yeah, yes. yeah, pick seventy. Yes, I don't like that. And even I, I think a couple of you guys are big on uh, Mike fulton I didn't. I was not touching him with a ten foot pole. Never mind in round seven.
0: I, oh, really I like him. I don't like him that early. Matt, oh, he goes
2: before Madbum, and then in the same round as Clevenger, Barrios, Paxton. I don't know. I do. Accident. All of those guys. All of those guys wow, that I'd really? rather have than Fulton Yeah, He didn't nice. go before them. He didn't, he'd go in the same round, just comparing nope. in that sense.
1: Listen, Cruz, though, what's he doing? He's 40 years old. Who picked him? Yeah, so cool. So. So,
0: so. And DH only. Yeah, that's the thing is in we Minnesota. don't have DH in this league, so his value is not nearly as high as it would be in a DH league. He could let him go. He would have gone another couple rounds, I think. Yeah, probably pretty easily.
3: Totally. Personal. I think we need DH back. By the way, just quick insert there.
1: Okay. You want DH back?
3: Absolutely. How come? It Makes roster decisions and draft decisions a lot harder.
0: It does. He's not wrong. I think. It hurts. Not to go uh, to go a little yeah. bit off topic. In Miley, when we drafted on Sunday, Stanton fell to like the fourth or fifth round, and he's one of the best DHs you can get. And I got Chris Davis pretty late, the good Chris Davis.
1: I would have taken Giancarlo had I
0: had I remembered that there was DH. Another reach, personally, that I feel was a reach was Connor taking Carrasco in the f- uh,
3: round. yeah yeah so
0: round yeah. with all the I I just think he probably could have easily gotten him in the next round, maybe even the sixth. You know, know what? I I
2: understand what you're saying, but at the same time, that is a, I was looking at a lot of those guys. That's an ugly area where it's like I don't know. It, it's too early to take like. A lot of those young, interesting guys. So it's like you're you're probably debating between Carrasco, Bueller, which he obviously took them back to back. Bauer, um, I would have taken Corbin, Story if I was but
0: he didn't want pitching. He didn't want another bat. I guess. Which he want? He
2: wanted pitching. I
0: yeah, mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, clear. I would if if I were him, I would have taken Story with one of those two picks.
2: Yeah, Story. I
1: would I would have liked
0: him to see go Story Bueller there if he wanted Bueller that badly.
2: I yeah. mean, I don't. I just don't think he. Like Garrett Cole's is other is only other pitcher.
0: Yeah, I get that.
2: So I, I think he's a little. I don't know. I, I I kind of respect the move in terms of like the Carrasco as like a solid guy who's good for, I don't know, what eight hundred, eight fifty points, and then you, yeah. lose your kind of hope it pans out? Kind yeah. of mix a little bit of the consistency with some risk.
0: Yeah, Carrasco will end up being a top fifteen. Twenty at the worst arm, I would assume, right?
2: Which is all like you can ask for. I mean, I don't know if yeah. you can lock that in. That's dope. Yeah, like, injuries are still kind of a thing with him, but
0: not. He's old. probably
2: good for twenty five starts, twenty five to thirty.
1: Which yeah, is more?
0: It's not like he's Danny Salazar.
1: True. RIP. Damn, yeah, those are the days. He was dope.
0: I personally, this is my opinion. I think. Gleyber Torres is a bit of a reach at 46. We mm-hmm. do. But he's going to be good. So, like, it's kind of like the same thing as Carrasco. It might have been a little bit of a reach by a few picks or around at the most. Nothing crazy.
2: Yeah, especially if you could have gotten, I don't know, I would have preferred Xander. I know that there's some low-level el- 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 uh,
3: the what... position. Well,
2: oh, yeah, and just like Torres, if he can really crank it out there going to be I mean, off so, 20, 20 bombs easy a year.
3: To Oliver, I mean, picking a Yankee in a draft at all is like a reach, right? That's a fair point.
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
3: Yeah. I mean, you don't even agree that they should be on your team, so.
0: I won't own one.
3: Hey, I'm just saying. Okay. So, everything's every Yankee's a reach. You even gotta, Giancarlo.
0: You have a very good point.
1: I can't wait to ask how he feels about that.
3: <laughs> True. That's actually a good thing to ask him. We should ask him if Mookie Betts gets traded. Like out of the question I asked you today, if Mookie Betts gets traded and never plays a game for the Yankees, do you still hate him because he's on the Yankees roster?
0: Yeah. Real question
2: is: Does Mookie Betts even love you, Oliver? I don't think he does. No, he <laughs>
0: doesn't. He doesn't give a shit about me. That's fine.
2: No, I is Red Sox fans in general. I feel like he's just getting cold towards us. I'm I'm worried about that too.
3: I think, I think we're all of us are getting cold cool towards him too. I think it's more towards the front
0: office with Mookie than the fans. He might just not like New England either, you know? He's from like Tennessee, I think. Yeah, you mentioned he's
2: he likes the cold or he's like used to the cold
0: slash like not. And dude like, remember that video that went viral last year about him? Like, just after the Yan- one of the Yankees games, he's just out there giving leftovers to, the, you know, the homeless guys. And that's not a first-time thing they were saying. It's like, Mookie Betts does that all the fucking time. He just gives mm-hmm. pizzas and everything to the people on the street and everything. Look, I fucking love Mookie Betts, but if he goes to the Yankees, I'm sorry, guy. I'm going to hate you as long as you're on the Yankees. That's just how it is.
3: That would just be a shame.
0: Yeah, it would be a shame. But we don't have to worry about that because this year the Red Sox are going back to back.
3: What if John Henry does sell the team like some people are saying?
0: What? I would be shocked.
3: So that came up on uh, EEI today that like the Henry ownership group might sell the team. Damn. How crazy is that? I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, I haven't even like really looked it up. But how crazy would that be? Like, how much of a shift would that be to like signing Mookie, signing Sale? Like, what if somebody completely different just comes in and like has a Derek different Jeter? idea? No. God, no, no. I'm saying, well, if, like, I'm saying,
0: like a Derek Jeter, like a guy with that oh, yeah, mindset like, who wants yeah. to cut all big contracts and start fresh. Yeah, but exactly. it's different because he's in a market in Miami where they're not getting even close... Even when they're good, they're not getting even close to the same of revenues that the Red Sox would get. Even when right. the Red Sox are bad, they're still selling tickets.
3: Yeah, exactly. So it's a little different. I they, mean, what if, like, Theo bought the team? He or doesn't have good. that much money. What if he did? When he he doesn't! Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if fucking...
3: Port Robert Noy, Kraft, because he has to leave the NFL. That would be the biggest conspiracy ever. Awesome, Steve. Okay, yeah, a second okay, time. Okay, let's
0: phone call. What am I supposed to do now that we're done with our fantasy draft recap for our fantasy league? Wait,
2: who won? Who won?
0: Who, who had the best draft? The
2: draft? And who had the worst draft?
3: I definitely was, have the worst draft is, and I'm is taking Is winning it.
0: the draft and having the best team the same thing in your eyes?
2: I guess not because you can consider if someone was a bit behind with keepers and if they drafted to make themselves relevant, then I guess they could have had a better draft than someone with loaded three keepers. You know All
0: what right, I mean? Okay. So, that
2: draft goes to James Rooney.
1: Really? Cuz he finally got some picks and he made a really good team out of it. In my opinion. Okay, I just jumped
0: in on that one. I'm going uh, best team right now. I think it's similar to last year after the draft. I think it's kind of a coin flip between Gilly and Connor. I think Connor's is a little more well rounded, but I think Gilly's
2: lineup is. It's too young, <laughs> dude. My team is way too young. I, I have like the 2022 20, All Star.
3: As, as you're trying not to smile, <laughs> I'm sure uh, think...
2: but... think... Harper, I need so Harper. much help.
0: I think the best draft was I think Evan besides, even though he picked Kirby Yates way too early, I think outside of that, he had a really good draft. So I'm gonna give the the He did the he really to good. Evan. Michael Bradley could have a good year. I think he'll be pretty solid. Mitch Hanniger, Cody yep. Bellinger. Trevor Story I think was arguably the best pick in the four, in the fourth round. Um and even though fucking he has <laughs> Eight Yankee pitchers. He got Porcello really late. He got Nick Pavetta really late. He got Severino, even though he's injured the first month. Really, he he fell, and James Paxton went about where he should. I think so. I'm giving the best draft to Evan. Well, wow.
3: I got best team is definitely Connor. I love Connor's rotation, like Jack Flaherty and Archer. Even Archer as his like last option. That's awesome.
4: That
3: was a good pick. I I love Connor's uh, Connor's team to be honest. Um and I'm going to agree with Steve that James definitely made the most out of his draft. He had absolutely nothing and definitely made his team some definitely a contender this year.
0: And he had some good keepers
1: as a foundation to go into it's, it too.
3: It's yeah. hard
0: for me to give James credit because he traded fucking Juan Soto for Verlander when he could have got Verlander in the draft. But
3: you know what? Verlander when you look at his team now it's it's I know, not I even the best piece. Like, it, he just has a good all-round team. Oh, but he so. could have
0: Juan Soto.
2: I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't look at James's team and it, not a lot of guys that I want. Like Edwin, I really don't want to touch Edwin, even though supposedly Dude, he he took looked Daniel good.
0: Murphy so early, guys. Daniel
2: Murphy, I hate Andujar to be honest. Not just because he's a Yankee, but I feel like he overperformed. <laughs> is never going to match that. I never like Machado.
3: The rest of his team just filled out though. Giancarlo, like, even another big guy.
0: I like Bauer. Even I Seth, like Bauer
3: a Seth lot. It is Votto on his bench.
0: What? See, if I'm Connor, I take Bauer over Carrasco. That's my opinion, though.
3: Me too.
2: That's a little risky. I feel like if he takes Bauer, then he doesn't take Bueller, though. You know. Then maybe he reaches for Strasburg instead. I
0: don't know. I don't, we'll never know. Damn. Okay, so now, J. A. Happ,
2: yeah. J. A. Happ on James' <laughs> team,
0: and Tanaka.
2: Fucking lame. <laughs> I don't hate Tanaka because he fell so far. Yeah, he I th- he almost went. Did he go undrafted? No, he, he went like the
0: last. That was James's last pick, I think. That's
2: insane. I don't know.
0: Okay, now that we have our. Fuck Sticks review out of the way We'll get to more uh, on Monday's episode Or during the next baseball podcast, Fantasy Baseball Podcast But for now we have our interview With fantasy expert Eric Cross So we're going to go ahead And play that now We are here now with Eric Cross From Fantrax Fantasy Baseball expert Prospect expert uh, Eric Thanks for joining us today
4: yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: So, why don't you uh, kind of just give a brief intro about yourself and uh, Fantrax as a whole? Because not a lot of people know about Fantrax.
4: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, I didn't even know about Fantrax a few years ago. I started uh, my first league I ever did on Fantrax was actually, believe it or not, a fantasy EPL soccer league. I am I'm not a soccer <laughs> guy, I was helping a friend out. They needed a spot. Um, then, you know, months later, I got the email saying, hey, we're looking for writers, build up our content side of things. Um, and that point I started knowing a little bit more about the, uh, about Fantrax and, um, and started there about, uh, God, about two years ago. It was March of, uh, 2017. It's been a quick two years. Um, also wrote for Fantasy Pros and Fans at it for a little bit, but, um, been exclusively with Fantrax for about the last, um, nine months now. After I love fantasy pros and um, some writing more and more, it's been been a fun little ride.
1: That's
0: awesome.
4: That's great. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's been great. Like and it's it's right up my my alley too, because you know me, you know I like the you know but all baseball, but kind of more uh, focused a little bit more, obviously on you know prospects and dynasty, which is you know kind of what Fantrax specializes in. Obviously, they offer you know all sorts of you know different leagues and, and formats and whatnot. But really, you know, with the with the customization and the, uh, the incredibly deep player pool, they have high school players in the in the player pool. So it's um, it's, it's ridiculous. So that's kind of kind of right up my alley. How they kind of specialize more so in dynasty. So that's it fits right in in with what I like to write about.
0: It's really like a it's like a heaven on earth for fantasy nerds like us. <laughs> oh,
4: it it is for sure, absolutely.
0: So you're a Red Sox guy, right?
4: I am. Yeah. yeah so I, li- I li- live mean, in Maine.
0: Maine. Okay. <laughs> we are all from Rhode Island, obviously. The podcast name: Small State, Small State in the country, but we fire off big takes. So. Um...
4: <laughs> I I love Rhode Island. I've been down there several times. I love it. My one of my good friends went to uh, Bryant University in Smithfield. So yep. I've been. Uh, been down there many times. Love it down there.
0: Yeah, I work right across the street from there, so nice. very familiar with the area. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so, just to we'll we'll start off here. Uh, we got your background. I think the first thing that we want to talk about now is, uh, like we said, you're the big prospect guy. You have a list of you have a top twenty five list for every major league team, which is insane. Uh, that's hundreds of dudes that, and you know, half of <laughs> half of them you haven't even, i uh, you know, average fan isn't ever going to hear of. But yep. specifically, if you're a baseball fan, you know the name Vlad Jr. You know the name Juan Soto, even though he's probably not a prospect anymore. Ronald Acuna, again, not a prospect anymore. But those are like the three big young, 20-year-old up-and-coming names. So first, we want to talk about Vlad Jr. Slash. This whole service time manipulation bull crap that we have to deal with. Um, so, what are your expectations uh, as far as you know service time this year? And what are your expectations for uh, Juan Soto and Acuna this year? Because we have Steve and I have a little uh, a little disagreement between those two.
4: Yeah, so uh, with, with Vlad and the service time, well, you put it perfectly. Bullcrap. I hate service time with an absolute passion. I get, I get the business end of it. I really do. And you know, a year of prime Vlad is better than fifteen days or whatever of Vlad right now. I get that, but it's just so frustrating when you see, you know, even go back to like Chris Bryan a few years back mm-hmm. um, when these guys are obviously ready. Vlad's been ready. For many, many months now, dating back to the middle of last season, he probably came up last June and been one of the best hitters in the American League. So uh, it's just it's just frustrating as a, from a fan standpoint, you know, like you know these guys are ready to come up and produce right away, but you know they want to do the business out of it, and you know it's that fine line of business and, and game that needs to be walked. But um, but hopefully you know he should be up for for too long, and he's got this little oblique injury, which was funny when that. Cropped up like nobody on Twitter believed. it. Everyone was like, "No way!" It's this, 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 this is a fake injury, just like you know, have an excuse to stash him down in triple AAA Buffalo for you know a few weeks to get that extra year at the end. But you know, Vlad, um, he, you know, I, I predicted big things for him right out of the gate. You know, I've you know, I'm not some grizzled old scout here, but he is the best. player you know, pure hitter I have seen alive. Um, you know, I never got to see like, Albert Pujols live when he was coming up through the Cardinals or anything like that. But, you know, this guy saw, you know, being in Maine and, and him playing uh, most of the season last year with double a New Hampshire, which was about two hour drive from my house. I saw a ton of him <laughs> and Boba and Kevin Biggio and all of them. I mean, I just, I was just so impressed every, even as outs, like everything was loud, you know, like even, you know, Fly ball to right field, the opposite way. Like everything was loud for him, and just he looked like he had been, you know, in the major leagues for ten plus years. Like he didn't look like he was a twenty year old. He looked like he was, you know, Miguel Cabrera out there. You know, um, so I'm expecting big things of him right away. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he hit over three hundred this season. You know, depending, depending on how many at bats he gets. Like um, the huge power hasn't come, but you know it is coming. But I'd would probably put him right around like maybe twenty five homers this year and you know, a bunch of RBIs and runs to go along with it. So, um, big things for him. Same thing with Juan Soto. Everyone, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that Soto is my boy. Um, I love him. He's also, like, if Vlad wasn't around, I'd probably be saying the Soto is the best pure hitter I've ever seen um, from a live standpoint. You know, the guy is just such an advanced hitter with a just a keen eye at the plate. Um, you know, he's a guy that can also hit, you know, well over 300 you know, with 30-plus bombs annually. Um, I think he's, he's basically the National League, kind of like how we had um, Harper and Trout, you know, at the same time about know, five, six years ago come up and, you know, one in, in each league. That's kind of, I think, what we're going to have here with, with these guys. So, um, you know, Soto, I've been taking him in the second round of drafts. I, I'm talking big things. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he won the NL MVP this year or really he wouldn't. Um, he's not, he's that good. Like if, if you ask me for, you know, what MVP pick for the NL, that's not like, all right, it's Ari and Goldschmidt and all the normal guys you people are picking. Um, you know, I'd pick Soto. I think he can, uh, you, even with the loss of Harper, they still get some decent guys in that lineup. Uh, a lot of good guys like Trey Turner and Rendon, um, you know, hitting before and after him. So I think it's the lineup will still be pretty good. Um, yeah, and same thing with Acuna. It's, it, we're we're spoiled. We we we're, we're really spoiled right now with, with these three. It's like when you have these three, you know, highly you know highly ranked players, all come up basically at the same time or within you know within a year or so of each other. Um, you know, long term, if you had to pick one between you know like Acuna or Soto, you know, I I would lean. Soto. Oh. Yeah that's like <laughs> to hear, baby. <laughs> I knew I was going to get a groan from somebody. Um, but the reason why I say it, it's it's going to be close. It's like picking, you know, between prime Pujols and prime Miguel Cabrera. It's like you know apples and oranges. But um, you know, I think obviously Acuna's got the speed edge. Um, though I don't think he's going to be running as much as he did in the minors. I think he's going to be grooming more towards like that middle of the order type role um, long term. Um, but I think. He's got he still got the speed edge on Soto, um, power probably pretty similar, but then I give you know the, the edge in the batting average department to Soto, um, and then especially in, in OBP leagues as well. So, um, upside for all three of these guys is insanely high. So it's like like I said, pick between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning back in the day. You know it's like you can't you can't go wrong with either one. But oh yeah, we are getting really spoiled here with these three. So it's gonna be a fun run.
1: Go so a three team I'm oh, sorry, in a ten team, three keeper, head to head points league. You're telling me you take Juan soto.
4: So you said ten ten team, three keeper head to head points?
1: Yes.
4: Uh yeah, there's a point um it's custom
2: they, points, but uh, they tend to lean towards uh big bats that produce a lot of homers. Uh that, extra base hits and RBIs.
4: Is uh the takeaway points for strikeouts? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I, I, I would lean that's close. I would give slightest of edges to Soto there.
0: Wow, Steve. Whoa, you, you just, Sorry,
2: Steve, he's not available yeah. for trade.
0: You just you <laughs> just hate to hear stuff like that, huh, Steve? <laughs> All right, another question for you, Eric.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're me and you have Jacob deGrom, would you deal him for Ronald Acuna and an eighth rounder in that same type of draft in that, in that, in that league?
4: DeGrom and f- the eighth rounder for Acuna? which side is the eighth rounder on? Sorry.
1: Uh, you receive Acuna and an eighth for DeGrom.
4: i probably, probably take the Acuna side there. All
1: right, cool. That's what I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Oliver was hating on me. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, DeGrom
4: guy. I'm a huge
1: DeGrom guy.
0: guy. I,
4: I, am, I am too, so I think that's seen on a deal where, you know, it could work out for both sides. Hmm. Where
0: did DeGrom end up again, Steve? Uh, I forgot. Oh, congrats on your team. Okay, <laughs> I got Jacob DeGrom for Blake Snell essentially yeah. straight up. That's Ooh. a pretty good deal.
4: Yeah, and I, I'm a big snow guy, too. I have him in a lot of my keeper and dynasty um, leagues, but yeah, I, I would go um, DeGrom there, yeah. How
1: about term DeGrom, or Nola? Ooh. Like, I'm thinking, like, three years in the future, three, I'm st- I think. Three,
4: I'd still go DeGrom there. Um the, I I'm I'm a, I'm a big Nola guy. That's, that's that was a hard one. I'm a Nola guy too. Um I had to trade Nola in a package to get uh, soto in my key, one of my keeper leagues last year. Um but it was definitely worth it. But mm-hmm. yeah, but maybe five, six years, I'd like flip, flop that answer and go Nola.
1: Gotcha. That's fair, yeah. Uh how often do you go to Sea Dogs games?
4: Oh geez. Um a lot. I uh, last year I was probably at <laughs> Twenty to twenty-five this year. I'm probably amping that up to closer to forty. Um, like I, I just got a season-long media pass, so
1: awesome.
4: um, yeah, which really? I, which I just realized, which gets me in for free. Um, so I'm going to as many games as I can. You know, bring once uh, school is out, bring my daughter to some games um, during the summer. So that's always fun. She loves. It. She's six years old. So um, oh, she'll be set seven man. in June. So she's uh, starting to really get into baseball. So that's kind of fun to bring her along with me, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely probably going to play at least half their home games this year, especially there's a lot. Of, I was kind of scouting it out, um, see who might, you know, for prospects from other teams might be coming into the Eastern League this year. And there's a lot of guys that are, like, you know, high A ball, looking to be getting in the double A this year. There's a lot of so – it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. So, a lot of a lot of good prospects coming through. So, try trying to get there as much as I can.
1: Yeah, we've always talked about wanting to go to uh, Dogs game, but uh, we haven't been able to do it all of us dudes. But yeah. I'm hoping we can get up
4: there. Nice, yeah. Let let me let me know if let me know if you do. Beer's on me. Oh, oh great.
0: <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> we're trying to go to uh the the uh Blue Jays AAA teams coming to Pawtucket in a couple yep. of weeks. Uh April what is it? April fourteenth 15th and 16th, I think. So, we're going to, I think we're trying to go there, get some Vlad Jr. action. I'm
3: we're hoping to see boy. Vlad, but at this point, if he's
2: still
0: there. Right. Well, yeah. no,
2: even if he's playing by then, right? Isn't that a question?
3: Right. Yeah, it's That's a true. fake injury. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so he,
4: he didn't exactly come into camp in the best
2: of shape either, but. Um,
0: he's a big boy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a booty. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, he, that an he,
2: issue for him, do you think? I mean, realistically, long term?
4: It, unless us doesn't get out of control, uh, you know, as of right now, from when I saw him at third base, he was fine. Uh-huh. He ain't not with any gold gloves obviously, but <laughs> he, he was adequate. He wasn't like a de- detriment or a black hole out there at third. Maybe he has to move over to first base down the road, you know, four or five, six years Ooh. down the road, but um, as of right now, I don't, I don't see it being a huge issue. Yeah.
1: Would so, you be surprised if he ended up like a Prince fielder? Sorry I interrupted Josh. And I'm- no, you're good. But like, <laughs> Would you be happy if he ended up like a Prince Fielder kind of stat line guy? Like Prince Fielder in his, in his prime?
4: Uh yeah, I think I'm trying to look up I'm trying to remember what Prince Fielder was batting average wise Um I, I think I'm two eighty three career average. Um I I think that's a pretty fair um I don't think he quite has the raw power of Prince. I I don't think Vlad will be ever ever be like you know, like a fifty to fifty five home run guy like um Prince was for a couple of years there. But um hmm. I think he will settle in as like a you know three twenty, forty home run guy. So he definitely kinda in that in that ballpark. Um yeah, in the best of looking at Prince's numbers here. Uh career high was three thirteen in twenty twelve. So yeah, I, I think Vlad will exceed him there. Um hmm. and put up pretty pretty similar power numbers, but I don't think he'll ever get like fifty or anything like that. Not like Joey Gallo, but um yeah, I think it'll be just that same kind of, you know, impact bat in the middle of the lineup.
2: Certainly helps being in that ballpark once he's up, too.
4: Oh, you yeah. There. For sure, yeah. That, that's going to be a fun, you know, look at all these guys. I don't know how they're all going to, you know, figure out positionally with all these infielders they got coming up, but probably a trade or something. But, you know, with with him, with Vlad and Bo Bichette and Kevin Smith, uh, there's, there's a lot. Kevin Biggio. Um, it's going to be a fun team here in the next couple of years once they're all up and playing full-time. You know, Maybe they move Biggio over to he's played a little bit of first, a little bit of outfield. Um, Smith's played third and short, Bichette second, shortstop and second. So they they get a little flexibility there. I think they'll, they could find room for them all. But that's going to be a fun team to watch next uh, couple of years. They're kind of down right now you know, with the Donaldson, Batista era coming to an end. But yeah, this is going to be a, a very scary lineup in the AL East, which as a Baseball fan in general, I love it because you know I love watching <laughs> baseball and just good players in general. But as a Red Sox fan, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even Uriel Jr. Right? Yeah, uh, he's, little, fielders, he's he's young enough, right? He's about 25, yeah, he, I think.
4: He, he, he is, and it's funny too. When I was, I was at a game, I was uh, with uh, Ralph Lifshitz of Prospects Live. We got together for a game up in New Hampshire. Yeah, he's last, a Rasball um, guy too, right? Huh?
2: Is he a Rasball guy or was I, he,
4: he? He was with Rasball, and, he, and okay. he left. He left there to start prospect. He still does, uh, I think, a podcast for them. Um, but okay. yeah, we, we were together up at uh, Manchester for a game, and uh, we were kind of bouncing back and forth between seats. And we were kind of right down by the first base batter's box when Gurriel came out on deck, and and I knew he was kind of a, dec- a good sized dude, but the dude is absolutely jacked. Like I was like, we were both like, holy crap, this guy is this guy is a dude, you know, this guy is <laughs> an absolute beast. And uh, I was just like taking on, taken away, and Did I know. That. We were like <laughs> second row, right? We, were, God. 10 feet from the, from him, So we can say like, damn, that guy's big, but um, yeah, he can, he can definitely uh, factor into that too. And if Anthony Alford ever, you know, comes back and is anything decent, like he was kind of coming up a year or two ago, which I still think he can be, he's just, you know, always bet on the athlete, but um, yeah, this, this going to be pretty scary. So well, at least in the lineup, you know, and uh, hopefully they can get guys like Nate Pearson and Eric Pardino and Reed Foley, um, it's could be a damn good homegrown team.
2: You're scaring us. You're scaring us. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scaring <thinking> myself. <laughs> That's
3: so, uh my thing. Um, I was the guy that was constantly on Twitter trying to get your input about keeping Juan Soto or keeping Vlad Jr. <laughs> and uh I went against your kind of thought process and I love Vlad Jr. just way too much. I love the I love the upside and and everything like that. Um I, my big take starting off the podcast today was that Vlad would Vlad would have 25 homers and 80 plus RBIs. Do you think that's too far fetched?
4: This year, not at all. I uh, I forget what I put it for my st- stat lines. I did a uh, top prospects for 2019 article, which I can pull it up real quick. And I think I had him right around that same uh, area for projection here. Let me, uh, where's there? It is. Let's see. What do they have for him? sounds about what I had. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I'm at two, yeah, 280, 26, and 85. Yeah, so I'm not 280. Excuse me, oh, wrong. I do Oh, uh, three, no, 305. There we go. Oh, wrong, I was looking at the wrong question. 305, 26, 85. Yeah, so, yeah, right, definitely in that area.
3: So I also went with Pete Alonso in that same draft pretty late, um, and I said that, he would probably have about the same numbers. Do you agree with that too?
4: Yeah, p- power wise, I see it. Uh, I think um, he'll probably hit. I'd say around two seventy. If I had to throw a guess out there, but yeah, definitely the same, same power wise. This this guy. Um, I, I saw a lot of him last year when he was uh, in, in uh, Binghamton. I think started on opening day. He had an absolute missile out of Hadlock Field. Um, this guy, he's he's just so strong, like. This, this guy isn't, you know, perennially hitting 40 dingers or in that general ballpark. He's um, – even at, you know, um, city Field isn't the greatest for, for power, but I don't think it's going to matter with this guy. He's just – this guy is just an absolute beast of the plate and um, doesn't quite have the same hit tool as Vlad. But, yeah, definitely power-wise this year. Um, I might even go a little higher than that. <laughs> I'm I surprised 30 to 35 home runs would not shock me with a lunge, but it really wouldn't.
2: Do you, do you think he's going to get the chance right away?
4: I think pretty soon, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe that opening day, and you I know Dom Smith has been you know hitting pretty well this spring, but you know, and it's a good little story. But it, Dom Smith's not their long term you know first baseman. Obviously, this is Alonzo, um spot, and you know they had him working his defense last year, That's why he didn't get called up. And um, but yeah, he I think he's going to be up, but by the end of April, if he can get at least you know close to 500 at-bats, even in like five, five and a half months of the season. Yeah, I definitely think he can hit 30.
0: I'm wrong. He was electric last year during the uh, – was it was either the Futures game or like the Futures home run derby they had last year? Yeah. During the All-Star break, he was electric. That's kind of like really when he – I, I'm a yeah, little late he, to the prospect game usually, so that's that's really when he hopped on my radar. I was like, wow, this guy's going to be sick. Hopefully the Mets don't fuck him up too.
4: <laughs> yeah, they, they, oh, God, they might. I hope they don't. I, I'm so heavily invested in this guy in so many leagues. But, um, yeah, he, he, in the uh, Futures game, he had an absolute missile um, thing was 400 and something feet, and it was just so incredibly high. It was a moonshot. It was off of uh, – God, it was either like Tuki Toussaint or maybe Hunter Green.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I think it might have been Hunter Green. I remember it was a guy that was throwing like throwing gas. It was like a hundred mile an hour heater, and Alonzo just turned on it down the left field line and absolutely just launched it. So, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Hunter Green. That guy throws hard. So, um, yeah, that was. Uh, and I, I was I had Alonzo on my radar coming into the season. Um, I didn't think he would break out like he did this year, um, like, but. I said opening night, you know, back in cold, like April second last year, it was like this guy was just hitting bombs all over the field. So I was like all right, this guy I'd be like knock him up my rankings a little bit and he's kept hitting, kept hitting and every time I saw him live he was just hitting you know, rockets all over the field. So um yeah, definitely I didn't think he was gonna be quite this good last season, but uh doesn't doesn't surprise me. This guy's he's got he's just such a strong dude.
3: So I, I got one last thing. So My dad kind of invested in that Sox, uh, you know, partial season ticket package. So you want to sell off my, my future games here and give us the lowdown for our listeners, you know, local listeners and give us the Red Sox prospect watch.
4: Yeah. Um, so overall, you know, the Sox system isn't quite, you know, isn't quite that good as it usually is. Um, you kind of get that way with Dave Dombrowski at the helm, but, uh, there, there's some definitely some upside. You know, you got the the three big bats at the top of basically everyone's rankings here. Um, Michael Chavis, Tristan Cassis, and Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, and Dahlbeck he's he's got the most power out of that group. Um, I it wasn't at this game unfortunately as I had a prior commitment, but it was the second game up with um, the Sea Dogs after he got, got caught up from, from high a. He hit I think it was a four hundred what four hundred and sixty eight foot Bomb out of out to left center out of out of Hadlock, um, which there's there's a highway that runs basically right behind left field, and that that thing might have made it to the damn highway. Um, <laughs> that, that, that I wish I wish I would have been there. I saw a video of it, but I wish I would have been there. Um,
0: his swing so yeah, is like but, effortless too. It
4: yeah. is. He's he's got he's got um, some really good torque. Like he kind of um, the front knee kind of twists in a little bit back towards his back leg, and then this fluid rotation and. You know, the hip torque, and the he has it's, yeah, it's lots of bat speed. Um, I don't know if he ever hits above, like, 260, or so, um, but maybe he turns into, like, a Edwin Encarnacion type or something yeah. like that a guy that's, like, that two sixty, two seventy range is hitting, like, 35, you know, dingers every year. That guy's, uh, he should be a middle-of-the-order guy. Um, and then, you know, Mike, Michael Chavis, another guy I'm super, super high on. Uh, he, he kind of missed the first half of the season last year um, for that suspension for some some supplement that's, like, 45 letters long. Um, <laughs> dehydrochloro something. Um, but, yeah, he came back. He got of have a slow start, but once he got going, um, he's a guy doesn't quite have as much power as Dahlbeck or even Tristan Cassis. Um, but he, he can hit a little bit a little more for average. Um, and so it'll be, be interesting to see where they so – these guys are all kind of technically third basemen. Um, but both Cassis and Chavis have played some first. Uh, Chavis came moved over to first once Dalback got the call up to Double A, and uh, you know Chavez came into the league as a show, you know he played some shortstop back in the day. So you know I wouldn't rule like second base. You know Pedrosia doesn't you know come back, which at yeah, this point you know we ever get anything more out of Petrolia. But
0: it's a sensitive um, subject uh, on the podcast here. We're, <laughs> we're, it we're, is. We're That's split. split. We're split. We're, yeah. <laughs>
4: I love Petey. Petey's P- my boy. I love Petey yeah. for a while, so I hope he does. But you know, I wouldn't roll up maybe second, some second base down the road for Chavis. And uh, so even they go, like, first, third, and second, or, you know, one of them turns into a DH once JD's gone. Um, yeah, those are the three big bats. And then there's, you know, really a huge drop-off. Like, um, those, all three of those guys are, like, in my top 125 overall. And then, you know, I would not have anybody else in my top 250 from this system. But, you know, some other guys to look out for here um, – Jay Groom sucks. First pick in 2017. Um, Hasn't really pitched at all since then. Um, He's he's got some, dealing with some injuries, but he was in number one overall pick consideration that year as a a prep lefty. Um, But some signability and makeup concerns kind of dropped down to 12 for the Red Sox. Um, It's going to be interesting what he comes back, you know, if he comes back from. um, Tommy uh, John. Yeah, Tommy John right now. So, you you know, who knows, obviously, how somebody will come back and what their arsenal looks like when they come back, but he's got the you know, number two starter upside. Um, I still think he can get there, but obviously it's kind of see how he comes back this year. Um, and then a lot of the other guys in the system are kind of, you know, either arms that are borderline bullpen arms. Like you see some guys like you know Mike Sh- um, Shawarin and Darwin's on Hernandez kind of looking for um, bullpen jobs here. Um, and Hernandez might make the team as a lefty, which I would love the guy could just throw gas out of the pen. Um, really good um, arsenal there. Um, and then another guy I look at for the bullpen later on this year, Durbin Feltman, um, college arm out of LSU. Um, we kind of flew up. He went to high A last year. Uh, probably, probably will start out in my neck of the woods up here in Portland. Um, double A's. Hopefully I get some looks at him in April. He's going to be a fast mover. He'll probably be up by you know, June or earlier if the, Socks pen projects to kind of suck. How it it's looking now? Yeah, exactly. Not We're not spring,
2: I think he might not be far off. Yeah,
4: yeah. If it, if, uh. it, if it plays out like it looks now, yeah, you might see Feltman sooner rather than later. Um,
2: he's pretty close to being ready, though, right? Wouldn't you say?
4: He is. Yeah. Like you know, I don't usually get overly excited about just like relievers coming up through the the system, but you know, with him, he's got you know, he throws he throw mid nineties. He can. Um, He's got a good slider to go along with it, both plus pitches. Um, And then he's got really good control too, which is kind of, you know, not too common for a young pitcher, you know, especially a young power arm. So, um, you know, his walk rate was pretty low last year. Um, Let me see, what was his walk rate? Yeah, he he walked uh, 1.9 batters per nine last year in 23 and a third, almost 14 Ks per nine. So um, this guy, you know, he – He's, I've been pecking him as the you know, future closer of the Red Sox. I think he's a big reason why you know, the Sox didn't want to pony up the ridiculous amount of money that Craig Kimbrell wanted. Um, so, you know, I think you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Feltman might be this closer come July, August. Um, Ooh, I like so especially, Ooh. You know, I, I like Barnes. I like Brazier. But I like them as, like middle relief setup guys. So seventh, eighth inning guys. That's right. what they are. I don't think either one of them's a closer. Um, but Feldman definitely is. It's just a matter of you know, getting his feet wet at the major league level and getting some more innings in here and double and he might even skip triple A altogether. I don't know if he even goes to Pawtucket. Um, but outside of those those kind of top arms, you know, a lot of the other guys are kind of lower level guys that um, some international guys like Danny Diaz, third baseman um, he's on rookie ball. Good raw power. Um, he kind of can be like a, you know, he's kind of looks like a mini Rafael Devers of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. so you see how he progresses. He's way away. Um, and then uh, shortstop Anthony Flores, but he's way away as well. Um, like he, he was born in two thousand, so he's he's oh uh, he, yeah. That a yeah. That's frightening. Danny Danny Diaz. I got my list up now. Danny Diaz, born January second, two thousand one. So oh um yeah. A lot of these guys won't be up for a while, but um, some other guys, like C.J. Chatham um, was a college bat. Um, he um, p- might be up in Portland this year, so that would be pretty cool. He's a shortstop. Um, good little uh, some speed, good hit tool. Um, Nick Decker is a guy they just drafted again, outfielder. Um, can kind of do a little bit of everything, hit for some average, just a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. So, um, so definitely some guys to look at here. So I think you know, even though the system is down right now as a whole – Um, I think, you know, once these guys, um, a lot of these lower-level guys kind of get a little higher up, I think this could be a a decent system for prospects.
1: Are you done with Sam Travis? Do you think his prospect days are over?
4: Yeah. I've seen, I feel like Travis is. Been around for a decade, which he probably has at this point. Is he like a quad um, A
2: guy yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate
4: that label, but I think he is. Um, I don't see him like he's a fine little ball player. He just doesn't do any one thing overly well. Um, I think he could, you know, if he was, you know, in you know Miami or Kansas City or maybe a, another you know smaller market team, maybe he gets a gets a shot and you know hits. Two fifty with twenty bond. I, mean, I think he could. If he was given a full time shot, I think he could be adequate. But you know, he's definitely not in the in the right system for that. But um, yeah, he's he's running for a while. I, I'm not I'm not putting any eggs in the Sam Travis basket anymore.
3: Unfortunately, so he's the next Dan Butler, is what you're telling us.
4: Oh, Dan Butler, that's the <laughs> <life>. boy. <laughs> uh, me and a buddy were at oh God. Wait, this was years ago. Twenty. Say 2013 ish. He was down, He was you know still in Pawtucket, and um, it was a um, it was the last game of the season. And if the Paw Sox won, they won. The, uh, got into the wild card, and uh, he, Butler. It was two to one final score. Both of those were solo shots by Dan Butler. So he was like <laughs> it's a little like kind of running joke of the legend of Dan Butler in my friend circle. So um, yeah, but. he's he's probably another guy that's just there in the system for a while is organizational depth as they call
0: it.
3: Yep.
0: All right. So before we let you go, I just want to finish up with one question. Um, we all kind of have some guy that we stick with year after year, even though they kind of fail year after year, I guess isn't an easy way to put it. I'm a huge sunny gray guy. Um, Never mind. I'm not going to go too deep into that. I'm a huge Sonny Gray guy. I tell you need to know. I made some questionable decisions when I entered this fantasy league a few years ago. Um, Steve is like a, a you know diehard Byron Buxton fan. So do you, do you have a guy like that personally? And like who's if you had to pick like a couple breakout candidates for this year, who would they be?
4: That's a good question. Um, does Albert Pujols count? Because I'm still a big Albert <laughs> Pujols guy. And he's stuck now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I still like drafted like the last round. Just so, like it was like you know, oh, I got draft Albert Pujols again. Um, I'll, 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 let me go to the breakouts first. I got to think about the other one. Um, some breakout guys I love this year. Uh, I've been pumping out the Garrett Hampson love all off season.
0: Yeah, you got me um, on that one.
4: Yeah, and now of course Ryan McMahon has to turn the babe freaking Ruth and tear up <laughs> freaking cactus league. Um, so if Hampson, and I still think Hampson is a shock. I think his speed and defense is a, would be a real asset um, for that Colorado um, lineup. So um, if Hampson can get five hundred at bats. You know, he's a guy. Like a question I've been asked, you know, many times over the and is, you know, like well, what guy after like pick two hundred could be a top fifty guy, something like that. And Hampson fits that mold because you know he's a he's a three guy that can hit three hundred with thirty plus steals, and he's not a big power guy, but you know, in Colorado, like he could probably hit like 12, 13, 14 bombs. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he's a guy I could see, definitely see breaking out this year. Um, a couple other guys here um, got guy kind of broke out two years ago and then couldn't get playing time last year, but now he's back in the starting role as a uh, Domingo Santana. Um, I really like him kind of, kind of Grand bouncing.
2: Grand slam last night, right?
4: He did. <laughs> he did <laughs> or this morning, whatever you want to call it. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think he, he could really um, bounce back. And if he can put up, I don't think he, I think he was like, what, hit about 280 with like 30 and 15. Um, if he can get even close to that hit, like, 25 and steal, like, a handful, I think he could be a um, really good value for what he where he's being drafted. Um, another guy I really love, I've been kind of writing a lot about lately, is Jesse Winker. Oh, oh yes! yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, he gets, oh, wow. he gets overlooked because he's not like the fla- He's not like one of those flashy guys. Like, he doesn't steal any bases, but this guy's just a pure hitter. A guy's, you know, 300 average, 400 OBP guy. Um, he's probably a hit leadoff, so you know, I wouldn't rule out like 90 to 100 runs. I think that's Cincinnati lineups. I think it's a surprise some people this year. Um, I really like that Cincinnati lineup. So, um, and he's got really good. Like, he was one of the you know, hard contact leaders last year. He's hitting like, it's a 48% hard contact. So, um, and he was even, he's been kind of dealing with that shoulder issue um, off and on for the last couple of years, he said. So, now that that's hopefully corrected and maybe that helps his power. Who knows? But um, and another he has a
2: guy, little smooth swing. Actually, Stephen, I saw him in Pawtucket a couple of Yeah,
4: he, he, he does. It's very, very smooth and um, just very simple, easy mechanics. Um, so he's a guy I could really say I've been getting him everywhere I can. I've seen him go, early, you know, starting to go earlier and earlier now, um, kind of sliding up into like the 170 to 200 ADP range. But he's a guy I could see definitely as a top 100 guy end of the year, even without the steals. If he can, you know, hit 300, 20, 25 bombs, you know, Scoring ninety, driving seventy, I think that he could be definitely a huge breakout guy this year, especially in OBP leagues too.
0: He's probably the most Cincinnati Reds player ever after Joey Votto. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like the outfield version of a of Joey Votto. There,
0: he's, he's just he's going to be there, and he's just going to produce. Seems yeah, to they're, like
4: they're they're going to make they're going to make you throw strikes. Your opposing pitcher, they're going to make you throw strikes.
3: Right, this is a pinch decision. Do I drop Marwin Gonzalez right now for Jesse Winker?
0: Yes. All right, I'm doing
3: it. I'm doing it. That's it. Absolutely. Over. Once he said Over. Jesse
0: Winker, I actually went to the transactions to see if Josh <laughs> went to go pick him up real quick, and now he's gonna. That's great. All right. It just it happened. He, he just yeah. did it. I literally did it. Good move. Good move. All right. All right, Eric. Uh, thanks for your time.
1: Wait. What do you What do you got? One more question for Eric Wise here. Bryce Britt, Any chance he ever gets a uh, major league shot, like at all in any capacity? Not maybe not in the Red Sox, but like if he was on a major league team, could he contribute? Do you think?
4: I think so. Um, he's kind of like almost in that same Sam Travis type spot now. But you know, Browns can hit a little bit. I, I like him more as as a hitter than than Sam Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he's have a guy that gets enough. Yeah, he's not going to get any playing time in, in this in this no, system, no, but no, he's no, the no. guy like you trade him out to Pittsburgh or something. You know, I, I think he's a guy that like, given an opportunity, he could, good surprise to be like adequate, you know, major hitter.
0: Wow,
3: thank you. i big fan of Bryce Brenz. Pro Bryce Brenz podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, th- uh, so like, like I was saying, thanks for your time. If you're out there listening, be sure to go give Eric a follow on Twitter. It's at Eric cross zero four. Um, Writer for fan tracks, give fan tracks a follow, and give fan tracks a shot because now the website slash web application for your phone or however you want to describe it is great. I'm trying to get uh, my Yahoo League switched over there that I just joined. Um, so thanks again, Eric. Hopefully we'll uh, be in touch and can maybe have you on mid season or something.
4: Oh, absolutely! I love to come back on. It was it was fun talking with you guys, and uh, it's just nice to have baseball season back here. So appreciate you having me on.
1: You're Thank right, You
4: man. go socks! Go socks! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right take, take care, guys. Thanks, right, okay. See ya.
0: That was our interview with Eric Cross from Fan Tracks. Um, great interview, probably oh. like. As far as interview goes, I think that was like our first legit interview. Like we had Terry Cushman on last year, but he was kind of with us like throughout the whole episode. It really wasn't a back and forth uh, interview type thing. And we've had other friends and guests on. That was probably like our first legit interview. I think it was awesome. I mean, I, mean just I, made,
3: I made a legitimate transaction during that interview, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, uh, you know, just listening to him, it, it's a lot of useful knowledge, and, you know, I think him and Fantrax definitely brings uh, a lot to the table. He knows the sure. shit,
2: for sure. Yeah, he does. He was some instant deep knowledge. I mean, we didn't even prep or give him any heads up in terms of... Uh, the Mets. <laughs> the yeah, and he's just slinging the them out Blue there. And he's <laughs> dropping names and He's dropping a. like <laughs> Blue
0: Jays names from like low A. I'm like, yeah, that guy, he's going to make a great pitcher one day. <laughs>
2: Predicting the, the 2024 Blue Jays infield, just like it's nothing. <laughs> no,
3: already, we already know that. So That's awesome. Based on my dynasty draft, you know. Yeah, was really Josh is cool. all
0: in on the Blue Jays. Oh, so, yeah, in. I thought it was good. It sounds like he's willing to come back on again in the future, which would be great. Hopefully, maybe mm-hmm. like a like, you know, a mid-season thing when the uh playoff thing, you know, playoff race is setting up and we can give him a lowdown on where we are at in our fantasy league and everything. Maybe um, even meet up for a game. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah we sh- we should really take him up on that. Honestly, we can probably get doesn't Rooney live up there too? We can maybe like get Rooney just get everybody together, go up there for a game.
3: That'd be great, man. That'd be sick. Summer.
0: Hell yeah. Hell so down yeah. how far is portland from us like 3 hours
3: not even no would be under that i've i've been up there before i haven't been up to the stadium but i've been to portland before it's not 3 hours, it's not three hours. i mean it's like an hour and 45 to like the northern border of mass so it it's not that far over cuz it's you kind of get skinny along the coastline there let's go it's not that bad, really. It might be, like, 2.30. We yeah, have an
1: uncle that lives up there in the area. Yet to have gone up there for a fucking game, though. We got to do it. This is the summer. We got to fucking commit.
3: Yeah.
1: Eric, time. And you know what, too? We can, almost, we can meet Terry Cushman at the same time.
3: No. 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 I'm inviting him. No. Love card. No. <laughs> no. Nope.
0: He lives in Maine. Come on. Yeah, about, about two and a half. 3 hours it says so. Hey, okay. um,
3: by the way, screw section 10, it looks like Maine has great service.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> been... I know, I, thought, I heard you guys chuckle as soon as you said it was for Maine. 10.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been listening to much section 10 over the winter, but I've been listening the past couple weeks and the main shit's actually hilarious. But uh yeah, he had good reception for Maine, so like we said, hopefully we can have him back on again. That was cool. Yeah, it was and he, he gave us a little more time than he originally said he would, which is also great. It was um, This episode is definitely a little bit longer than we probably anticipated. Not really a mini, but hey, sometimes when things are going, just things are going.
2: That's
1: right. people what
0: they want. Yep. So uh, I think that'll do it for our Fantasy Baseball Special Episode Numero Uno. Any um, any large takes to, to close it out? Any large take?
3: Like, I got one. I knew he did. Okay. Pete Alonzo, NL, <laughs> MVP.
4: <laughs> NL,
3: <laughs> MVP, baby. Oh my God. Let's go. 35 fingers, 110 RBIs. <clears throat> I'm all in. But does that I'm get in. MVP?
0: I don't know. I think Trevor yep. Story's got that beat. Hell nah. Miserable.
3: It's oh, both the too. too. Um,. Also, I'm just yeah. sorry. I'm sorry though. But
2: what is how is Alonso going to get playing time? That's what I don't understand that. Well, he's saying like the like infield is so loaded.
0: Well, right now, Dominic Smith's the starting first baseman, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but even without him,
2: it's like if you have slide Jed Lowry in the lineup at second, Cano is going to get time at first. He's going to go all over the place. I don't know.
3: I'm No, I, I don't think Cano gets that much time at first. Really, if anything, they try to move him. Even to like, imagine Cano at third base. Who's their third baseman right now? The Mets. Um, Todd Frazier when he's healthy, but I mean, yeah, right? I'd rather have Cano. I mean, even if you go like righty lefty lineup, you know, like when a righty righty's up on the board, you put Cano there. I mean, then that's a long shot. I'm not saying Robinson Cano is going to play third, but you know that would be a great move for the Mets. Like you just have the dominant player or like the dominant, like statistical guy against like the certain pitcher, just go. And that's how you run it. And then you give Alonzo like the time, you know, somewhere else.
0: I hope he gets the time. Me too. No, don't get me wrong. I I understand where it comes from. The Jay Lowry signing, like, like you said, just makes it crowded. They traded for Hetch too.
3: True, I forgot yeah, about that. but yeah. he's, he's
0: oh, he won't start too many games. I don't think he's going to be the no. defensive replacement, you know, in the later innings. That's what he was on the Yankees too. What About Rosario, yeah, he's going to play short. He's he's a
1: pretty good feeler though.
0: Yeah, but Echeveria will come Rosario, in at second, or third.
3: Did Rosario play outfield too? I don't know. So. So so. Kind of appear short. I'm trying to think of who I'm thinking of then.
0: If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, March twenty first, before twelve PM, make sure to join the bracket group.
3: Oh yeah. yeah Small say, big, safe, big, big shout out. Yeah. Win that T shirt.
0: Yeah. Whatever T shirt it may be, you can win it. Still to be determined. I think
3: I think we should put their bracket name, their champion. Just even if it's win or lose, like if even if their champion didn't win What if we just
0: get a picture of their bracket?
3: You could put that on the back. Okay. Color color of the t-shirt is there, like champion's colors, win or lose. You could say not my champion or my champion at the bottom.
0: Where are we getting the whatever. shirt made? <laughs> I right,
3: could do it. Yeah, Steve still bleeders. has to
0: buy a cut shirt from Custom Ink too, remember? Dude,
3: shout out j Max Studios in Westerly. They're pretty good with that stuff on the fly. I had basketball stuff done with them. Can you make one shirt through them? Single shirt. (laughs) I could probably make a single shirt through them. I'm totally I'm I'm confident. If not, we'll get like all of our bracket shirts.
0: (laughs) Custom ink is like 20 bucks for a shirt. It's not a big
3: deal. One shirt?
0: We're not shelling out hundreds of dollars here.
3: Hey, why not? Where's, where's our ad revenue? I want the ad revenue to roll in. Okay, hey, it's on I'm me,
0: Gilly. Does that make you feel better? I'll pay for it.
3: No, it's just... No, a- I'm getting a fat paycheck this week, so...
0: <laughs> no, I don't mean from your
1: real
3: job.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, you never know what could happen with the whole ads and sponsors. We don't want to give free ads out, but... All right, gentlemen. You know,
0: we got to wrap this thing up.
3: Hey, we don't have to. Any last-second...
0: Yeah last second True. big take sponsors the sponsors need more time <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, big big Eric cross followed our podcast let's go nice
3: hey good stuff and he Thanks, follows eric
1: 796 and he's got almost 5,000 followers so we
0: are legit baby oh shit <laughs> yeah
3: we'll see all right yeah, um we'll,
0: we'll be back regular time next week we'll record monday drop tuesday Join in live if you wanted to catch us live. We'll have our uh, first weekend uh, reaction to the college tourney and give an update on everybody's brackets, yada, yada, yada. Preview some more baseball. Maybe we'll go uh, a little world uh, playoff prediction since we didn't get to that this past week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, That'll do it. Thanks for listening to my fantasy baseball nerds. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And if this gets a, you know, well, good reception, we'll do it again.
1: Shout out all the nerds. Shout out Josh Chantile.
0: He's not listening to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it.
3: Alright, peace. Later, egg.